Hi, I'm Nate Flax. I'm Noah Longworth McGuire. And, and this, this is, is Talking, Talking Lion. Lion. Talking Lion is an artist-to-artist interview podcast where we talk to our friends about life, music, and everything in between. Most of the time, we're artists ourselves, a duo called Sleeping Lion. But we started this podcast to dive deeper into what it means to be an artist and creative. If you're a fan of us, our podcast, or our community, feel free to join our Discord at sleepinglionmusic.com slash discord. Now on with the show. We recorded this episode with our new friend, Benny the Ghost. We met Benny through friend of the pod, King Mala, after seeing Benny play guitar in her band. We recorded this immediately following the release of Benny's EP, 29 Palms. He's incredibly talented, and we hope you enjoy hearing us become instant friends with him in this episode. So, without further ado, I'm Benny the Ghost, and this is Talking Lion. Well, hey. Hello. <laughs> You're still getting over how good the uh, the intro was. Yeah, that was a great yeah. intro. I'm getting over yeah. how stupid I am. You're not stupid. <laughs> Thanks, man. I mean, you're not any more stupid than we are. You're you're in good company. I mean, no, no, no. We just met you, so I don't, I, yeah. it's hard to tell how stupid you are. I, I don't think I can, like, make jokes, more bits, or just, like... No, I, yeah. I've been actually resorting to making really stupid sounds. Oh, great. You know, It's like, the purest comedy. Perfect for your line of work as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, it, like, here, here's a sound. Yeah. yeah I, made oh, that, yeah. I made that sound with my own face. Right. Yeah. That's fun. So um, we'll go like, holy shit. Yeah, you yeah. made that sound too. Wow, that was very impressive. Why? Are, here's a question that is semi-related. Why are farts funny? Oh, easy. Like, philosophically, why are farts funny? Mm. Easy. I've been finding them funnier and funnier recently, actually. Because everyone does it. Well, I think it's because there was like a stigma against fart jokes as a sort of lowbrow humor. So we kind of like ignored mm. it for a long time. Same with dick jokes. Yeah. yeah but then true. you bring them back and you're like, they're actually kind of funny. And maybe it's because people don't want to hear it or people are repulsed by it. That it yeah. Is it the social it taboo? Place. Is it? Yeah. Is it? But that's, that, that's, if, if you peel back that layer, it's like, why is it? Why is there a social taboo around? I mean, I guess there's plenty of social taboos around stuff that everyone does like that. But that's right. Like there's almost on some level a social taboo but about putting your elbows on the dinner table right yeah. exactly so i think there's just different levels and that just falls on that. i, I think it, it has to do with with contrast like humor has has a lot to do with with contrast like you take you take a you know a, a serious premise and then you you find the absurdity in the premise and it's the the right. the far the further the, the 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 bigger the distance between the absurdity and, and right the the, the premise the funnier it is. Right. Um, I think the same could be said about farting because you could have a very, very serious person, you know, an authority maybe or yeah. something like that. Right. And then the authority sort of undermines themselves by making a, a sound that they don't have control over. Ah, that's and, and it's maybe the, the, the universality of the it's humbling, yeah. yeah it's the, hum it's humbling. the humbling of an authority figure, I it's could like say. It's like self-awareness too because if you make a fart joke, realizing that fart jokes are the dumbest thing you can possibly do therein lies the joke itself Again, but i think like if ed ed and eddie fart do... it's not as funny as it, like your teacher sitting on a whoopee cushion right because oh. about i think undermining oh my gosh i think the hardest i've ever laughed in my life is in times that are very serious yeah and yeah you're not supposed to laugh and one of those times specifically i remember was fart induced oh yeah it was during a whole it was like we we're in like a retreat or in peru oh we're sitting in the forest in a circle and this lady was talking about she was a shaman. She was talking about ayahuasca trips and how it like helped her with her alcohol, oh alcoholism yeah. and all this stuff. And we're sitting in this beautiful forest and then just we're sitting in a weird cross-legged position and just a massive fart escapes. 
And then everyone is like this, looks over, and I try and deflect, and I look at my friend, and everyone looks at my friend, and then I'm just straight to tears. I'm like, silent, oh my god, silent, laughing, like hardcore for like 20 minutes, and I'm like, I think that's really beautiful. I mean, it's beautiful. It is. I, so I, I like literally, I'm, I'm like taking antibiotics, but I literally have E. coli. So like, I, I just got back from, from being on a boat for eight days in the Galapagos, which we'll talk about later on in this, in this episode. But I was on this boat. And I got uh, I got E. coli, and I mean it has been more or less nonstop farting mm. for two for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Some of the most vile smelling farts I've ever <laughs> I've ever dealt. Um, like no, like like I, I think that the way that I would describe it, it's like it, me after a milkshake. It's it it smells as if. I apologize like, for I, adding this line of thinking into the into the beginning of the podcast, like, <laughs> dear listener. It smells like as if a dead, as if an animal like crawled into me, died, and then farted. The animal farted in me. Farted? Yeah. yeah, in me. Like it's the dead animal's yeah. fart in me. That's yeah. insult to injury, yeah. right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's the, like it's like a double whammy. It smells like something died in there. It's the E. coli, man. It's the E. coli. Yeah. So. <laughs> But the reason I mention this is because they've also had um, an amplification about them uh, that has Yours. been like, sonically, sonically that right. has been unprecedented. <laughs> yeah. You might as well take the opportunity to record that. Shit. I mean, truly, you could use that as like a drum, like a drum sample at this point. Yeah, or if you, yeah. Um, so I was having a, like a serious conversation with uh, with my partner uh, last night. Like we were just talking about like like the importance of taking breaks and mental health and like you know so like somewhat serious and like talking about our like commitment to each other and like all this like really beautiful mm-hmm. heavy stuff and in the middle of it like like and I'm and I'm saying like and like then as I said there's something that you need to know like there's something that's really important like from my heart that I want to tell you mm. and without controlling it at all mm. the next moment that happens is the loudest mm. smelliest mm-hmm. fart I've mm-hmm. ever farted are you Dutch ovening that no, this was like in this room. Oh, okay. This is like a stand. This was a standing. I have so many two relatable stories that I can't. I can't tell you on here. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. because they're gonna get mad. It's uncouth. It's not about me. Uncouth. Oh, it's, oh, I see. Yeah. I see. It's it's. Yeah. You gotta. You could change their names for legal protection. For legal protection. Oh, yeah. I can't. Yeah. They're gonna know. <laughs> no, that's fair. They're that's gonna fair. know. What's well, my favorite? You ever see Goodwill Hunting? Yes. Um, did you know that the story that um, Robin Williams? Yeah, it was improv. It was improv about right. the farting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so good. The orig- in the original script, Robin Williams tells like the story was supposed to be that like she would break her alarm clocks, mm. and that like he had to keep replacing the re- alarm clocks, and then like on set, Robin Williams improvises this story about you know his dead wife farting and about how much he you know misses that now that she's gone, <laughs> and you know Matt Damon's uh-huh. like. Laughing, he's with like tears crying. in his eyes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's because he's hearing it for the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. You know? And Matt Damon wrote the script too. That's so, beautiful, you know. right? It's absolutely um, beautiful. But yeah, I, I love that line. It's like all these little piccadillies and idiosyncrasies. You know, yeah. You got to fart in front of your partner. You should fart if you're listening to this podcast. If you're still listening if at you're this still point, <laughs> we haven't completely alienated you at this yeah. point. I'm sorry, but I, I think there's something ultimately very evolved about about accepting both the fart in real life and the fart joke in comedy. Because oh, I think gosh. I think we have come around in this very post postmodern kind of way to like there's a, there can actually be something kind of sophisticated, or it doesn't need to be sophisticated to have value in comedy. Shakespeare oh, did it. It's an anti joke. 
Yeah, exactly. That's the whole point. Shakespeare the whole didn't. point is like a, a, a rebellion against having to be like smart. Exactly. All the time. Exactly. So you're it, being stupid on purpose. There's like a bravery in being goofy and dumb. Definitely. A hu- huge amount of bravery in, in that. And in, in self-awareness in general. So to, to that to that extent, we, we appreciate you being stupid. Oh, yes. <laughs> Let her Full rip. circle. Let her rip. <laughs> I already did. <laughs> Ben, what's what's uh what's what's your rebellion? What what are you rebelling against right now? Uh, what do you mean? I don't know. It's not like a good question. Actually. I'm rebelling against the need to be smart all the time. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Do you do you find that that's been true in like creativity and music and freeing? Mm, yeah, definitely freeing. Yeah. You ever seen Everything Everywhere All at Once? Yeah, we. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, love that movie. So good. What'd you think? I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, yeah I feel as like, as as everybody. Right, I yeah. th- I identified so hard with the, with the Waymond. Yeah, the whole. <laughs> oh, I did too. I did putting too. Putting the uh, googly eyes on everything. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and then the main character looks down on it as being something that's so dumb. Yeah, and it makes her so mad and so trivial and just gets in the way. And at the end, you realize he's like, oh, and then I was sobbing at this point, and he was like, this is how I fight. He goes, you may think I'm weak, but like this, this, this is, way is how yeah. I fight, and it's actually my strength. Like the kindness. And yeah. yeah, the kindness and the brain goofiness, like the bravery brain goofiness into really serious times and well, all that have stuff. You seen, is... Have you seen like online too that the opposite of the the everything bagel uh, is is the googly eye? No, I haven't. That's so far. Like vi- visually, it's it's white it's like with a black yes. inside and Whoa. black. It's yin and yang. Oh, it's good stuff. That's, That's really crazy. Good stuff. Crazy. Holy shit. And then for my roommate's birthday, his um, girlfriend went around and put googly eyes all over our whole house. <laughs> oh, that's and so I love sweet. It. I love that. I love it. And I'm like, look at us. It's the, the fucking spirit to like to take the stand to do something stupid in the first place. I am. Um... It's so easy to be scared of being stupid and not do anything. Uh, talking about everything, everywhere all at once. I saw this tweet that was like the VFX were done in Adobe Premiere. It's uh-huh. like what I want to see uh-huh. is the editor sitting there while it crashes four hundred times, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> getting frustrated because yeah. it's like it's like some of those sequ- like the main like crazy sequence yeah. that's like every second yeah. like how I like I mean this episode is brought to you by Adobe Premiere. by Adobe Premiere yeah. unlock I, your creativity I can't I don't see how Premiere could have handled that yeah crash I, your creativity I'm, I'm impressed as a video editor that 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 was been. That was even feasible right. technologically right. with Adobe Premiere. Which, Maybe they tied nine computers together. Yeah, they just tied nine computers together with string and a string. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, it's like so finding out somebody uses Cubase, and you're like, yeah. you're like, Fuck, damn, man, like yeah. more power to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Lido is a Cubase user. Wow, I love Lido. I know that's so crazy. Ian Kirkpatrick too. Yeah, Ian Kirkpatrick. That's a Q- crazy. I think I know one person who's used Cubase. Yeah, and like Hans Zimmer, I think is a Cubase guy too. My God. I mean, when he when when he when he's even in the <laughs> when dog. He's even in. Right. He's like Rick Rubin. He's just in the back yeah, of the room, like hmm, maybe a. I was say even when he's in the room, like I feel like Hans Zimmer has just maybe right. taken a break. Like he's too busy shooting master He's eating Fritos. Yeah. Right. I have a friend who writes for Hans Zimmer. So who doesn't? Yeah, right. It's like the Andy Warhol factory yeah. of, of film score music yeah. at this point. You, you go to any like you go to any like uh, composer hangout, and one of them yeah. works for yeah. like, or, at least yeah. at least, or least one like of four them of them, them in the corner. Like they look like they yeah. haven't eaten in a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huge bags under their eyes too. There's blood like, coming this out of their is ears. my dream job. Yeah, I know. They're like, like I've been working here for seven it's years. Crazy. I saw Han twice. <laughs> yeah. 
Tough, tough uh, gig that is. I've heard. That's what I've, I've heard. heard. It's a tough yeah, gig. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I hope like I hope like nobody. I hope this isn't like offending any. Yeah, I was about to say. I'm Hans sure it's is like gonna yeah. come out. He's yeah. gonna come after it. Yeah, Han, if, if you really, if you want to set the record straight. Our podcast is open to you. Yeah, I mean, Hans Zimmer is good. That's the problem. Like, that's that's I the know. unfortunate thing about it Didn't all. You do like, Pirates of the um, sort of. Caribbean? He he did he did a couple of them. There's, I think, no, he it's no. co it's co written the 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 original pirate score. There, there's oh, another composer okay. on it. Sorry, is it Pirates of the O'Reilly? Always gets on me. Is it Pirates of the Caribbean? Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay, so it always so, makes fun of me. No, it's really funny because that's like like a well documented thing. Really, that that like. Most people say. I think there's even a joke on Twitter. That's yeah. Just like, uh, like do you say it like like Pirates of the Caribbean, or do you say the Caribbean? The Caribbean. What's right. funny is like, like I genuinely like I've heard people in the same sentence do be like, "I'm going to the Caribbean on the way. I'm re- watching Pirates of the Caribbean." Yeah, uh, exactly. Okay. It's like, like the film has a different pronunciation. Right. I have no idea why. No, no, no. Nobody. Because I've been saying Pirates of the Caribbean, and every time I was like, "Dude." I hate you. <laughs> Aurelia doesn't even know what you're talking about. She's just walked in the room. It's like, like, I don't even know what that word is. <laughs> yeah, right yeah. yeah. I'm like, it's a movie. Baby. <laughs> Aurelia being friend of the pod, King Mala, um, mm-hmm. uh, for, for, for context. That's how we know each other. Yeah, that is. We met at, actually, you were playing guitar at uh, a show at the yeah. resident and, and King Mala comes up to me and goes, him, pod, pod he probably want a podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so that idea. Oh, that's sweet of her. I DM do. She told me this was her favorite podcast she's ever done. Or I mean, her episode is one of our favorite episodes. Really good one. So, oh, you know, it was it, it was the season finale, and I think it was wow. like a three-hour episode. Can I be what? Yeah. Where am I in the season? Oh, we I don't, don't think we okay. know yet. I don't know yet. This could, uh, I mean, you know, if right. if, yeah. if you make this the best episode, okay, ever, okay, okay. You also have to be like, um, like, <laughs> <laughs> what, are you playing guitar? Let's do it. What's happening? I'm trying to make the season finale. You have to play um, Hallelujah by Jeff Buckley. Uh, like the Jeff Buckley version. Oh, 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 oh. He starts off all like, uh, he starts yeah, off he goes, like, yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. ready. And then he'll be like, <laughs> it's really pretty. Nice. <laughs> it goes like this. Hallelujah. 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 I, I do like that you did pull that out of your ass, though. Like, that was, that was oh, really God. impressive. That's a guitarist right there. guitarist right there. Yeah, yeah. It's whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. No, actually, the, 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 tr- the trouble, Ben, is that you, you have to probably be like this. This much more like famous, like cubically, like 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 uh, uh-huh. your, your, your fame, like square foot, like square right. footage, footage or cubic. That's how we measure fame, right? Yeah, vo- square feet, volumetrically. Volume, volumetrically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like I think your area is good, but I think your your depth. I, uh, oh, okay, <laughs> the depth yeah. is like, very yeah. short. Very yeah, yeah, short. yeah. Like your square footage of of. <laughs> I'm overall. very talented, but very short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. yeah and gotta, shallow. shallow. You're lacking yeah, in depth. Yeah. Is what you know, you're, la- you're lacking in, in depth from a celebrity standpoint, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Deep celebrities. Out yeah, there. you're you're a lot you're a lot more sort of like if I were to pull out a piece of paper, right, mm-hmm. and I were to draw a square, famous paper. Yeah, like 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 printer paper. 
Like that would be your famous printer. Famous printer. That would probably be how, how I would describe sort of your 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 uh, your fame. Yeah. But if I were to get like a Rubik's cube, dimensional, or like a you know a cardboard box, that's yeah. how I would maybe describe like um like a Halsey, you know, because. Uh, <laughs> Do you know what a tetrahedron is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not here trying to be yeah, a tetrahedron yeah, yeah. of fame. Well, I think your fourth dimension is actually pretty good. Really? Because <laughs> yeah. you called my fame two, three, two dimensions. No, it's your two dimensions. <laughs> so. your, your second dimension and your fourth dimension, I think, are are perfect. Oh, it's my yeah, third dimension. Yeah, 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 it's your third dimension. That's yeah. Skipped, well, we actually we, we, a grade. we don't let anybody <laughs> on the podcast who doesn't have at least two dimensions. Yeah, idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, terrible could you, people. Could you imagine a one-dimensional podcast? Yeah. Like they would hey. literally be a, a a line. I know, probably not yeah. even about the fart jokes. Yeah, mm. they wouldn't. Yeah, actually, one dimension is just a point, right? I think so. The first yeah. dimension. Yeah, the first dimension is a point, and then the second dimension is a line. Second dimension, and then third dimension is the third line. Yeah, it's a depth. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, this is what I'm missing. That's right? why, that's why you gave me the finale. Is that you're not? Well, no, no. It's not that you're not famous enough. It's that you're you're not cubically famous enough. You're 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 more of a um, circularly famous. I say square, but <laughs> <laughs> right. I forgot it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I you know we have a certain um a quota you know to fill uh, a certain um yeah clout we have to uh, what's the word I'm looking for Geometric. chase. Yeah, we have yeah, to chase yeah. <laughs> we're, we're cloud chasers. That's what this podcast is all about. Uh, yeah, we're we're, um, we're cloud chasing with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we, so we store it all in our clout atlas. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, the yeah. iCloud. The yes. Mm. Yeah. Unfathomable cloud chasers. <laughs> yeah. Legendary. Yeah. So where is the most boring place on a season to land? Oh, episode three. I mean, definitely whatever this episode is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. great. This, this is good. gonna be like this is gonna be like episode yeah. three, part two. Yeah, this, side. Yeah, this this comes out specifically on like Arbor Day, the demo version. <laughs> yeah, is there like a graph on like listenership for? Is, I feel like it's. Like, I mean, like I'm sure number. there's like objectively, but I'm not about to get that for you. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Where are you from? Virginia. We're in Virginia. Arlington, Virginia. Ooh. Which is DC, Virginia. Okay. All right. Enough to say DC. Enough to say DC. And I went to high school inside of DC. So oh. you, I claim either, depending on which is better for me. Would that be the, the district of District of Columbia? School district? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's one district, though. So yeah. Whereabouts in DC did you go to school? In Georgetown. Oh, I'm nice. Performing Arts High School. Oh, that's, that's fun. Yeah. Super fun. And it's in Georgetown. It's called Duke Ellington School of the Performing Arts. You oh. studied flute? Yeah, piccolo. Piccolo. Close. Yeah. Close Wait, really? No. Okay, no. <laughs> I studied guitar. <laughs> yeah, I assumed that. Mostly was. classical guitar. Yeah. Which is like, oh, I actually kind of got that from how you were playing the the little... Because you, you, you know, the, you know like, like the sort of rock... Like if, you, if you're doing like the... Whatever, but like you, the way you were sort of sliding was like very kind of mm. classical. I know they have a thing yeah. to it where it looks kind of like you're playing a string instrument that's not a guitar. They have classical couplers to it, like it's like a fucking cello. Yeah, right. You're you're also holding it at like people can't see, but those in listener land, like he's hold, he's holding it almost vertically. This was the vibe because then we used to like oh, yeah, that's true rocker shit. And you we had like a foot stool. Oh it, yeah, and it makes the coolest you know thing feel incredibly nerdy. Can you play some Bach for us? 
Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> wow, high school was a long time ago. That was Bach. That was like, yeah, I, yeah. I had to do all the cello suites. Yeah, well, oh, yeah. yeah. I, halfway through, it would be saying, like, oh, motherfucker's playing Bach. I hate how much I actually really like the sound of Bach on string instruments. Bach! <laughs> <laughs> ben, I hope you know that every time you mess up, I'm going to have you farting. <laughs> I'm going to have the sound effect of you farting every yeah. time you mess up. That's going to be sick. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be hilarious. Do you listen to the Punch Brothers at all? I love the Punch Brothers. Oh I my have, God. I haven't listened to them in a while, but, but yeah, of in course, college, like, I took yeah. like, a class that was like Anglo-American musicology. Oh, wow. A lot of well, you know, like he he plays like a lot of Bach on um, mandolin. mandolin. Yeah, yeah. Chris, Chris Dealey. Yeah. What a beast! He's insane. He's the best, best in the business. Yeah. Insane. He plays with Volpeck too because he's that good. He's right. yeah. He plays with Yo Yo. He's in a super group with Yo Yo Ma and Edgar Meyer called Goat Rodeo. That's hilarious. Yeah, that dude is just that good. He's and that I good. Like mandolin too. I'm sure he's good at everything. He's crazy, crazy good. And also Nickel Creek. Yeah, uh, Nickel, Nickel Creek? Creek, dude. Yeah, Nickel Creek's so good. Oh man, my favorite. Do you have a favorite Nickel Creek song? No. Helena. I'm pretty much just Punk Brothers. Oh yeah, I love Helena. The Helena's, Helena is like up there as like one of the best songs about cheating, like up oh. there with like Nobody Needs to Know. Nice. You know, and like what it's so good. Um, Punk Brothers NPR tiny best. Oh, my crazy. guy. True. Insane. They're all singing. When my dad came to visit, um, we he didn't know the Punch Brothers. And I really didn't, like, I was so tired. I didn't really want to, like, do anything with them. <laughs> so I basically just, like, turned on, like, like, a Punch Brothers concert. Yeah. Like, I think they were playing. Um, Probably amazing. Oh, my God. It was, it was so, you were, you were watching it with us, too. Yeah, it's, it's a great just show. just so entertaining to watch. Uh, um, you know, they're doing like familiarity and all ashore and all that, whatever. And, and like maybe two weeks later, my brother called, he's like, Nate, we have a problem. I'm like, what, what? It's like, dad won't shut the fuck up about the punch brothers. He's pissing off his fiance. He's pissing me off. He's in DC right now because he saw them play in New York, heard they were playing in DC and drove to DC yeah. to watch them. <laughs> That's sick, dude. That level of fucking enthusiasm about it, though. My dad loves music, man. That's so fire. That's just how it goes. I was just on tour, and we had some fans follow us for four shows in a row. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. They were the first, not joking. They were the first people in line, so we'd go out and say hi to them. And then they were the last people to leave. So after the show, there's people who wait by the bus to see you like carrying your shit out. That's wild. And then like eventually they leave, and it's like two a.m. There's the same three girls who are always there. And we'd come and say hi, and then be like, "If you want to come with us, we can put you on the list." And they drove from, I think it was like Raleigh to Charlotte to Richmond to Baltimore. Holy yeah. shit! With one day break for four shows, so it was five days. Oh my god! I wish I cared about anything that much. <laughs> Me too. Like I've ne- like I don't like with I the gas prices. I don't want to drive anywhere for any. Like, I don't. I wouldn't drive no. that for. I wouldn't drive. Their friend. I mean, gas could be 50. It's just more like I just don't have the capacity to like have that much. Like, but for people who like feel as if like the the shift of their their days and ways are based on a stranger that they don't know acknowledging them or not, like I I can't do that. I just like I would say that the the celebrities that I that I truly, truly like am inspired by, the worst thing that could ever happen to me is if I meet them. Oh, for sure. Like 
I just read Bob Odenkirk's memoir. Mm. If I ever met Bob Odenkirk, I couldn't be a person. Like that would Justin Vernon. Yeah. I wouldn't want to meet Justin Vernon. I would not want to meet Justin yeah. Vernon. I, I feel would like unless he was like the nicest person in the whole world. No, he is probably the nicest person in the whole, whole world. It's that I would make him feel uncomfortable sure. by virtue well, of it's, just I, like, I always I always wonder like and this is not to like uh think ill or judge anyone who like you know goes to a meet and greet or anything but i always wonder like what is what do you really get out of a celebrity interaction especially if you're like especially living in la you you know you you see famous people and there's an impulse to be like oh i want to go take a picture with so-and-so or i want to go say like i want to go meet so-and-so that i can say that i met so-and-so but it always feels like a very hollow thing to me celebrity culture in general like it's just like like what what do i really functionally get out of saying that i met Cole Sprouse, nothing. It's, it's like that's different for different people. It's different for different people, I and like that's like, like I don't want to judge anyone you who, met who. Cole Sprouse? No, but like like, <laughs> and you know, I, I, I was gonna say Chadwick Boseman, but that was a slightly more meaningful that interaction. That was a meaningful interaction. Than yeah, like, that's great. Which yeah, which like like you say, you like there's a potential happen. for a meaningful interaction with a famous person, but then then it becomes less about the fact that they're famous, more about a meaningful human interaction you well, had. I have like Justin Vernon or Max Bemis or. Um, or Chris Thiele on the podcast, because then that at least feels somewhat like level playing field. Yeah, I think bit. if I was ever to meet a hero, I would never be like, uh, "Can I take a picture?" Take, I feel yeah, like it's more about the meeting. I I lied. I did it once, but that's because I was like literally struck. Who I was it? And I cried. I did, and I was. Shaking. Who was it? Who was it? I was like on a flight from Miami to LA, and I feel like with the music stuff, it doesn't bother me so much because. On some point, I'm like, you know, it's just yeah, we're time. the same we'll kind of like level. Or yeah. have the same grind, like we have the same life. We can just talk and talk. But I played soccer most of my life. And <laughs> I saw Ronaldinho at the airport. Oh my god, that is yeah. Literally debated we were the best of all time, but definitely he had the most fun being one of the best of all time. Like miles away, anyway. No, it, which, I saw him and I was like, no way, that's him, dude. Because he was like, he passed me in Starbucks and he was like, can I grab a napkin? I was like. This dude pretending to be Ronaldinho. This is actually him. Oh my god! There's so many people swarming him. And I turn around four seconds later, and there's like a massive crowd around. Him. Holy <laughs> shit! And I was like, oh my god, that's crazy. And then I saw him boarding my same flight. He was alone, and I was like, oh my gosh. And I'm crying. I'm like, I, I have to, I have to, I have to say. Hi. Who does he play for? He's retired now. Okay, got you. He played for Barcelona. He played for Brazil. I'm like, the best i think i i genuinely feel like it like in music it would probably be like ben folds chris Dealey, justin vernon max bemis would be like the ones that like i would kind of lose my shit about mm-hmm. like i i ran into carly ray jepson getting a taco and like i didn't really like we had a conversation yeah. but i like yeah. it it didn't you know I, I ran out of things to say or like whatever right. um but like like i ran into i helped mark maron get a ticket in grand central and that wow. was like one of the most terrifying moments Ooh. of my life. Um, Mike Ooh. Mike Birbiglia, like I would lose my shit, you know, if I, if I ran into him. And then just like random ass poker players, Daniel Negreanu. Like if I ran into, I'd be like, yeah, I don't know. It's just super stupid. Like it's stupid random people, but it's like right. people that you like. St- I think it's it's a study. It's like when you really study somebody, because otherwise, I feel like I. I'm a big fan musically of like friends. Like at this point, I don't really like getting into like, you know, the celebrity of music making. Yeah. Like I listen to you and King Mala and, you know, this Philly band called Cara Cara, like p- 
pretty, you know, it, almost exclusively. And I'm on the phone, you know, I was on the phone with the drummer of Cara Cara today. Like, everybody's more or less approachable because, like, I like to interact with, with at least musically, with the stuff that I'm, I'm... yeah listening to because that's that's how i think i derive enjoyment out of music but film or like mm-hmm. poker or whatever like the more separation there that's, is for me the more i get to put on a pedestal that's like me and soccer thing yeah, yeah. Yes, that'll never be me yeah no, I don't, no matter how to try it's like i how- went the uh singer of young and giant one time and ran into him oh yeah and i was on shrooms too <laughs> but that meant a lot to me because they've been like a big thing and like making music for a while for me and i was just tried to I try to do it how I think it should be done, which is like I try to just tell him how much this shit means to me. And he also has a podcast about um, Asian Asian people in rock music. Oh wow! And like destigmatizing the whole thing too. And I was like, that probably great. That's me too. What Asian are you? I feel like that's a terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where soy, are you, where's your Where's your family I'm from? Soy. Soy. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Malaysia. Malaysia. Yeah. You're Malaysian. Yeah. Our, our, photo- our first photographer was Malaysian. <laughs> yeah, living, Chinese Malaysian. Living there now, yeah. Hey, love it. So it's tight. And then I, so I saw him and I was like, uh, and I was shitting myself <laughs> in like a PG 13 kind of way. <laughs> I was freaking out, I guess. Were you farting? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, I love you. And you were so on shrooms. Much. Yeah, that's probably part of it. Yeah. And I was like, your podcast means a lot to me. And then I was like, we were in the artist section of Wallapalooza. Oh, yeah, and yeah. I was like, you want to play ping pong with me? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so cute. I love that. And he's like, they all have like newborn kids now. And he's like, no, I'm going to hang out with no, I'm my wife in my house. But <laughs> the bass player loves ping pong. He'll come play ping pong with uh, you. And I was like, hell yeah. And I played this guy. And I love that. And I was like, oh, I love your music. And he was like, 14, 12. <laughs> and he was like, just really into <laughs> he was really it. He was super yeah. into ping pong. And I was like, this is great, dude. I'll take what I, we can play ping pong. And I can just like enjoy myself. And we don't have to do any of that thing. We can just hang out. That'll mean just as much. Yeah, I, I think one of my favorite meeting a celebrity stories was like a friend of mine was on Songland and like went through to the point where he was working with Ryan Tedder. Right. And he he was in the studio sitting down with Ryan Tedder about to be like, and he was like, he went, he gushed. He was like, man, like, it's like, I, I want to tell you. And he was just like, went on like, I, like, you mean this to me? Like, I love this song. I love this song. And Ryan Tedder was like, Right. Okay. Cool. About the song. Like he was just like he like shut it down so quickly because like like he wasn't rude about it, but he wasn't like, what do you say to that? It was like we're it's like we're here to like make music right. at the moment. Yeah. Like like it doesn't matter how much I mean to you. Like right. we're just here to like for sure get the song done. Oh my gosh, dude! I've had a Which, session like, with someone I was a big fan with before. It doesn't happen often. And same thing. And I was like, ooh, let me not tell them that I know their music. It was my it was my first sessions when I moved to LA, and I was like, oh, I love this dude's music. I can't believe this session is happening. And then I went in uh, and I like pretended to not know who he was because I felt like that was the vibe. Like, like, yeah, yeah. I, so we can just become friends in like a regular setting and then like five or six hours into the session we're downing White Claws <laughs> and then I'd be like oh by the way dude I also love this song of yours that came out years ago and he'd be like oh shit thanks man <laughs> and it felt like a good natural yeah, way instead of, yeah, just it, slide in there instead of it being like the first thing yeah, because if you slide if you slide in with that as the first thing, then it creates like an imbalance of sorts. No matter what you, no matter yeah. how you slice it, like it just creates like a, there's a fan yeah. to to idol relationship. Even if the right. gap is small, it right. still creates. It's like it's like performing. Like there's there there's people who are up on the stage and the people who are in the audience, and that's a that's a separation. But, but it's it is. Unnatural. I do think it's also about like how much stock that other person puts in that thing. Like, but at a certain point, I think the thing that we've learned and the thing we talk about a lot on the podcast that ends up having less to do with someone's numerical fame and more to do with whether you like them or not as a person. Yeah. Oh, like that's the filter. Yeah, that's the right. better filter and the more I meaningful agree. filter in the long yeah. run. I agree. 
and their check. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Let's get the that. Validation. Let's get that bread, guys. Right. Yeah. I feel like it's more helpful to think of fame in terms of vegetables. Oh. You know what I mean, we're talking geometry over here. Oh yeah, yeah. Might as well toss in some broccoli. Might as well toss in some broccoli. Saute that shit. Yeah. So like, a little bit of garlic. Like how many branches you have at the edge of the cauliflower? Mm, oh. That's beautiful. Yeah. Anyway, when I meet people and start hanging out with them, I start listening to their music less. Because I almost mm. don't want their music to have any sway over the, our actual personal relationship. Interesting. It's a little weird. Yeah, or, I get that. The, at a certain point, I listen to their music a ton. Like when I go on tour and I like this most recent tour I went on, like meet the headliner and start becoming really good friends. And I start listening to all of their music. I'm like, this person's amazing and dive into everything they've made and they're amazing. I, I've had situations where I really liked, I think I like listening to the music if I like the person. Like I think that like, you know, before I meet somebody, I could like something because the music's good. Right. But I then think it goes both ways. Yeah. Yeah. But but for 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 you, it's like, oh, now that I know the person, I don't really listen. It's almost like the person is more important than whatever their art expression is, whatever their project is that they work on. I feel that way about working with about, them. Like how we are together. I feel that way. Like I think that once I become like friendly with somebody, my like drive to like want to like write with them. Yeah goes down because mm. I want to just hang out with them more right. than I want to like work quote unquote with them. Sure. Um, but if I like somebody, like if, I, if I'm like, you know, especially friends of ours who tour or who I don't get to hang out with all that much, like it is nice to like hang out in the sense like I'm driving and I get to hear this person, you know, right. in my day, you know, right. day to day. But yeah, um, yeah but, but I've also stopped listening to entire artists because like I've had like, you know, bad personal experiences yeah, with them. It's yeah, definitely. And it's not like their music's changed, yeah. but now it like puts a bad taste in my right. mouth. You know? well, I, another thing that happens is like, you know, with our friend, you know, Mason, editor of the podcast, one of our favorite artists, you know, Super Souvenir. Handsome. Super handsome. So handsome. So handsome. I think because I'm such a huge fan of his music, but also such a huge fan of him as a person, there's almost a split personality of like, of, of him as an artist right. and him as a human being. Yeah. And when I'm listening to a Souvenir song in the car, I'm... I'm not immediately thinking, oh, that's my friend. And then when the thought occurs to me, that's my friend, it's mm. almost weird. It's almost like a, there's a there's a kind of uh, semantic satiation of like, oh, this I guess I know well, this person. And like it, it and gets- Mason's an interesting example, I think, too, because I think that like I became interested in his music because of my friendship with him. And then I became more interested in my friendship with him because of his music. Yeah. And like this sort of feedback loop, because especially with somebody who like I'm more extroverted, like talkative. We had this podcast, et cetera. Oh, no. Yeah, you've heard of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like I think, and maybe you can relate to this too, is like when your sometimes your primary source of expression is your music or uh-huh. saying how you really feel. Uh-huh. You know, sometimes that's like news to your friends. So like, yeah. you know, Mason mm. writes something in his songs and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I never knew you really felt this way about this thing but also i don't think i ever bothered to ask right i think that that was something you were sort of chewing on and so it's open like it's unlocked yeah it's also like a weird thing where then maybe that's a message and they're doing that as part of their like audience facing self for their mm-hmm. career and maybe definitely that's not something they would ever say to you in your relationship but i think there's friends. an authenticity yeah. to that too you know like whether say t- take mala for example like i don't think that there's a line between like whether or not there is a world of difference between King Mala and Aureli, the the person you create is, is you. 
like you are the masks you design, et cetera, kind of thing. You know, it's like yeah, definitely. If, if I like, you know, if you double down on a character, if you create a character, that character says as much about you as anything else. Yeah, because it's all poker. Yeah, like right. if you're telling the truth in poker or you're lying in poker, that's just how you play. Right. Well, I think the character says everything about you, as in it's exactly what you would design something to that faces an audience to be. Yeah. Which says a lot about you in that way. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is the ideal, almost like this Instagram page. It's like, this is the ideal version of yourself. This yeah. is what you're choosing to put forth, which says. Or, if, or, if, it's, or if it's a character that says something that you wouldn't say in real life, that, yeah, that, right. that says something about yeah. you. Like the things you choose to say. Right when you're hiding behind a mask right. says something about, you know, who you are because you're, those are things you wouldn't just say in your normal right. life. I, I don't think True. it's a coincidence that like Noah and I, our solo projects have a lot more sort of frustration and anger mm. baked into the fabric mm. of it than what we do for Sleeping Lion and also how mm. we conduct ourselves in the industry. Mm. I think we've had to bite our tongue more often than not. Mm -hmm. And so that expressed mm -hmm. manifests itself in like, I'm writing angry acoustic pop right. punk music. And you know, you have a, 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 pr a project that's literally almost borderline screaming or like sticking a middle finger up. Right, exactly. You know, at, yeah. at, at the established projects always be more moody. Oh, yeah. That yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, speaking of projects, yeah, tell me about Benny the Ghost. Oh, what do you want to know? I mean, everything. Like, nineteen seventy-eight. <laughs> nineteen seventy-eight. So you're pretty old. We start our story. Yeah, in the we start our story. Norway. Norway. Yeah, I used to herd sheep. I've heard that. As uh, as a child, I grew up herding sheep. You weren't born in the seventies. That would make you fifty. Well, I was twelve. Twelve. So, so you'd be sixty now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You look good. Can't you tell? I, you I look know. really good. Yeah. Yeah. No, what do you want to know? I, I want to know how you came out here. Mm -hmm. I want to know where you went to school. I want to know, did you start songwriting first and then create an artist project? Or did you create an artist project and then start songwriting? I think the plan for me was to always, I really always wanted to travel. And like, gotcha. And I was like, my dad is a huge traveler and I traveled much of the world before the age of 18. I felt doing like backpacking. Similarly, where did you go? Oh, most places in Europe, gone to uh, the, uh, you know, Australia, New Zealand, some places in Asia. Later on, did like South America, Central America, some of the Middle East. You do Galapagos? No, I haven't done Galapagos. Just did Galapagos. I'm big, I love like the urban backpacking type of traveling. That's mm -hmm. what I wanted like to the do. hostel. Kind of yeah, vibe, which Europe is really good for. South America is really good for. The Southeast Asia is super good for. That's the traveling I've always wanted to do. My grandparents always wanted these sort of more like like wild trips. So right. like when I was 13, we went to Costa Rica and did yeah. the like the rainforests and yeah. stuff. Um, and then when I was 17, we went to Rwanda and Uganda to see Whoa. the silverback gorillas. <sighs> so like very cool. But to be honest, and then, you know, of course, and then we just did the Galapagos. But like, I am so much more fascinated by anthropology than I am by uh, by animals. Right. Yeah. Like, definitely. You know. Yeah. That's why it's more fun, I think, to do the backpacking thing. And the real adventure is just like in making friends and going yeah. out and like living a life there, as opposed to being like, 
This is the statue that's been here for 800 years. Yeah, or even just like, I've seen animals that like, like I've seen, like I've seen the blue-footed booby. Like I've seen the oh, albatross. Shit. Like I've seen <laughs> like the 200-year-old Galapagos yeah, turtles, turtles or whatever. Yeah. But like I was just a lot more curious about like, you know, what are they doing on a Friday night? Yeah, like what to eat for dinner. Yeah. That kind of shit is the best. Yeah. Um, That's the shit I fell in love with. My dad has done backpacking my entire life. What do your parents do? We started when I was like, we were going on trips when I was in the womb, dude, when I was one, when I was two. Holy was shit. Five, and it went all the way up until until COVID, basically. So they're, they're nature documentaries. My dad is a, uh, a psych ward nurse. Huh. Whoa. In Australia. Whoa. Yeah. And my mom is like, manager in australia no in virginia wait so is your dad your dad's in australia currently yeah wow sydney now cool kind of bumps all over the place wow malaysia sometimes yeah he's lived in australia for most of my life okay so that's actually part of the whole traveling is in the summers australia is so far away we would meet up in a country and go backpacking oh Oh, that's super fun over the summer so i've got it was a good way to see the world that way because he already is a huge backpacker I'd already done it for most of my life too. So really good excuse to go out and try to see the world, go scuba diving. A scuba diving school. I went snorkeling for the first time. Snorkeling? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, That's I'm just, cool. It's like swimming. I'm very scared of the water, actually. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm um it's very scary. I'm not very good swim very swimmer. Powerful. Yeah, I'm yeah. not a very strong swimmer. And um I like I don't have a fear of heights, but I definitely have a fear of depths. Like when when oh. I was snorkeling, like even in like the clear water. When I saw the ground, yeah. like, you know, feet, feet below yeah, me, dude. I couldn't like my brain couldn't understand that I was floating above it. Like it felt like I was seconds from like Whoa. hurtling down. Yeah. But I could be at like the top of a, a cliff and not feel any kind of fear. Uh, yeah. But um, scuba diving is crazy when you're like, there's like a reef here and you look out this way and it's just, it's like blue and then it slowly fades into black. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, you're like, there could be a 10 mile long Kraken right past oh this thing. You know what I mean? And you just would never know. My dad loves scuba diving. My dad loves scuba diving. It's and very fun, and very adventurous. Yeah. I feel like I am in love with all things like adventurous. Well, let's go on an adventure. What, what are we doing, you and me? Dude, I feel like the mild version of the home, being at home version of it all is like, Hiking and camping. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. Kind of stuff. Um, I, I love the roller coasters, though, and the skydiving and <laughs> all that shit. I do want to go skydiving. I My partner has a fear of heights, and so what's tricky is, like, uh, uh, when you have a partner with a phobia, you know, you kind of have to live in that phobia a little bit. Like, right. Like, Rose I mean. scared of uh, peanuts. Oh, yeah. So I just take little peanuts. And just throw it. Well, I, I, uh, I like, like I'm not scared of spiders. I actually don't want to kill spiders. Yeah. But when you're with somebody, oh, I know. Oh, I've been there before too. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Kill it. Kill it. I'm like, I don't want to kill it. Like, you have to. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Huh. Yeah. But um, and Noah, maybe you can sort of speak on this too. Do you feel because you traveled so much and your your family was in these places that that has maybe had an effect on you know kind of a having a permanence in a location or how like sort of taking roots or settling down somewhere like is that something that like 
you're indifferent about? Or is that something where like, if I said, okay, stay in LA, don't tour for a second, like stay here for a year or whatever, that would kind of like fuck with you. I don't know. I think for a, for a while I was feeling pretty restless. Yeah. As you say, as I say this other way, you became like, you put your arms know, in, your, yeah. in your shirt. I'm so comfortable. Like <laughs> it's like I have a blanket now. No, I, I, felt, I was feeling restless for a while. Really felt it like a wanderlust. Yeah. Doing that and watching a bunch of traveling movies. But after COVID and then after also leaving childhood and being like a autonomous adult, just like other worries kind of just stand in the way, I guess, is with anybody with traveling. Sure. It's like, so I'm really more focused on like paying rent. And yeah. Whatever for a while. But it's always part of the dream. Oh, and the, back to the OG question, who was why I started music in general too. Yeah. So it's always been a part of the plan. Actually, it was probably mostly the, the main idea behind the plan to play music in general was to find a way to travel and do it with your friends and have a lot of fun, meet people and get paid at the same time. I mean, that's the dream. What I was thinking about was playing guitar in a rock band. It'd be sick because it's fun and it's cool. You do it so much traveling and getting paid. And then I was like, hmm, there's probably no way to know unless you devote your entire life to trying. Super hard. <laughs> right. And that's then the thing. even if you don't reach whatever kind of like platform you set up for yourself, I feel like it's probably tight along the way, giving it the shot in the first place. And also, you'll never know if you never try. And so many reasons and follow your dreams. I was like, you might as well really just try forever. Well, and then what was the transition from the the sort of dream of being a guitarist in somebody's band to right. now you're Benny the Ghost? It was like a slow transition. I didn't even start singing until I was like 18 or 19. I, I feel similarly, yeah. But I started playing guitar when I was like 13 or 14, or I guess 13. And so at some point I started singing, and I was like, I, all, I felt like all these things would make me a more valuable band member. Gotcha. I started writing songs like I can help writing if that's what inevitably the journey thing. I always wanted to be in a band because I wanted to do the whole thing with friends. Never yeah. wanted to like do it alone. Were you in bands in high school? No, I didn't know anybody who played music really. Gotcha. And then I went to nobody in my town really except for my one friend played music at all. It's very stale to that rich white kind of town. Yeah. It runs into like politics. I've heard of Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. And then I went to art school and then nobody was still was really about like writing music. Everyone was about like learning to be a good jazz player. Right. That's a yeah, different that's thing. a Berkeley, so, that's a Berkeley thing that happens right. too. Yeah. So then I went to content like college for like contemporary music. Where'd that's you go to college? I started meeting people who wrote, who wrote songs for the first time. And I'm 19. So uh Frost School of Music at the University of Miami. Oh nice. Oh, so oh, that's yeah. where yeah, that's where Calica comes in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I started meeting people, meeting people who write songs. She wasn't even in the contemporary program. She was in the classical program. That's awesome. She was like singing opera. That's like me in high school playing classical guitar. Yeah. But then I was well, like, doesn't Arelli also sing opera? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. She did like conservatory. Yeah. Yeah. But they're all great at that. So does the person, my friend Grace, who's an artist Maisie, who I was just on tour with. She oh, also yeah. yeah. Sings wonderful opera. But um, what was I going to say? I felt like I'd be more valuable band member if I. Right, and started singing, and I was like, "Oh, I could backup sing," because that's more of a thing nowadays. Yeah. And then eventually, I was like, "Oh, nobody else is going to make the journey happen. You're really going to make your own thing happen, or it probably won't happen. Or you get super lucky and you yeah. join a band, but that's like really luck." Oh yeah. So then I started just writing my own shit, and then being a frontman. I never wanted to be a frontman. Never really wanted to sing. But I was like, oh, I have to make it happen myself, otherwise it's not going to happen. Yeah. So. Yeah, I started writing songs, started trying to envision this like indie rock 
and the vibe. Well, it's got such a, it's such a, it's got such a tightness to it, but also like a smoothness to it. So it's just so outside of like how my brain can even think about music. But yeah. I love it. Like it's yeah, I love so... listening to music like that because it's like yeah. that's so not how I make music. Yeah, yeah it's like actually. Yeah, it's like, but it's also just like the way that you're able to to weave between having fun and being emotional mm. and grooving. Yeah, and. And arranging, like just how all of that, you know, and, and you know, sometimes you have like that very compressed, tight, yeah. funky thing. Yeah. And sometimes you have like, like on 29 Palms, like a more smooth, open guitar right. sound. And I just, I love having the, that sort of push and pull of those two yeah. things. That's a whole combination between like the vision in general and the way you play the instruments, the way you, the, the like the emotion you want the song to give off, as well as the person who's producing it. Mm-hmm. And because the sonics are really, their expertise. Sure. So yeah. I, I always have like a very specific idea of what I want. Well, not to think what makes you day. a producer is when you have a specific idea, yeah. you can tell a producer. I mean, you're producing as much as the person who's producing. I really do like the Rick Rubin producing. The, the I, that's, what I, that's what I do, yeah. Where I'm like, my eyes are closed and I'm like, put on the EQ and take out like 500 yeah. words, whatever. And I do, so I have, it's really all, the entire Sonic is really part of the vision that I have for the song in general. But it's up to the producer to pick it. Plugins, That's what producing was b- the before there were dogs. Do the specifics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but when it comes to me being on the computer, I'm worse at it. Like, I, there are people who are just really good at it. Yeah. That, that's our our collaboration. Like, Noah's an incredible song songwriter. Like, Noah can... I, I, I think that, like, Noah is one of my favorite pop songwriters. Like, yeah. he knows his way around just bars. Just bars. Pure bars. And then I think... Songwriting wise, I can do it just like a little bit faster uh-huh. sometimes. Yeah, and I'm so it, very need, slow. So I know how. That, yeah, how so that so, so if we need to just like crank shit out, or we're in a session, that's right. times where like you know I can freestyle a little bit. Sure. And also occasionally, like I'll bring in like I'm not a good pop writer, so I bring in some of the, like the weirder right. stuff. Um, but production, like Noah's so good in the DAW. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're so good in the DAW, sometimes you're too close to it. And I, ha- I'm not, I'm less good in the DAW, right. DAW by far. So having some space, yeah. you know, like, like even when I'm working by myself, sometimes I'm at the computer. Sometimes the, the only way I can get a clear idea on what I need to do next is standing up, yeah. walking to the other, other yeah, side of the yeah. room and pretending I'm a different person. Oh, for like, sure. For, for, for real. Like, I, I, dude, I pace around the room and pretend that yeah. I am just walking into this room for the first time. I pretty I mean, much I'm, have to pace to think. I like yeah. to think, like, I'm forest and he's trees. Like, we get yeah. to sort of, like, mm-hmm. like balance those two yeah. things out, you know, in a, in a render farm, you yeah. know? Right. <laughs> get each, each not right, but also make That's sure that the physics are good. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I see parts of myself in each of those descriptions of you two, but in different ways. I think every every sort of collaborative pairing or even an individual artist tends to have these complementary factors. Right. That's what I feel like the main job of is as an artist in general, the main job of an artist. Yeah, is yeah. in general, is to be a CEO. Yes. And so your main job really past being having a, a musical uh disposition in any way is like team building absolutely i feel like um my music is super like i'm always like we're releasing the song even though the project is technically just me it's like it wouldn't happen without anybody else and like it's like it's like being in a band per song so when i'm in a song when i'm making a song yeah it's the it's a collab between me and the producer yeah and for me i'll have a song that i start i think it's really tight and i have like five or six 
friends who are all really good producers and I pick which one of them to, to make that song with, to be that band with for that one song. Cause I feel like their like specific talents are really good for that sound or that like vision in general. And so, I mean, that ends after that song is done, but that's the job of the CEO is like put together a team for the yes. project and do that and like make sure everyone works well together and like make sure everyone vibes and it's like creatively can fit well together. So the arms are coming out. His arms emerge <laughs> from the like a turtle. <laughs> like a Galapagos turtle. Like a Galapagos turtle. But if so it's like that way with the music, but it's also like that with in every way with the yeah. lawyer, the manager. Mm-hmm. Well, because they also they have to represent you, you know, like music videos. If a, if a manager, like we've ha- we've seen friends' reputations get tarnished by managers, quote unquote, representing. Oh yeah, their quote unquote interests. So you need to pick people who also are representing you. It's like in the same way that a director, you could be the greatest director in the world, and if you, if you've picked the worst cinematographer yeah, or yeah. like a terrible writer, then the For film's yeah. going to suffer. Yeah. And I think that a great director is more than a great director. You know, like what makes them so good is, and, and you know, the birth of auteur theory and all that, that bullshit. But, you know, that like a great director knows their team and how to how to make their yeah. vision sort of come alive. It's like more too. like bringing the best out of everyone. Exactly, yeah, exactly. exactly. Which is why I've for specific producer friends for yeah. specific vibes. And well, that's, that's what makes you a producer is you're, you're, you're executive producer. Yeah. You're over, overseeing that process to get your vision across by all these people i think that's why on my eps too i feel like every song gets slightly different genre wise yeah one time i'm working on a song with seven or eight different people and i'm trying i'm finishing them all but the you get to time. unify the sound so that even yeah, if it's different bit. genres so the whole point of the ep is that it's pretty much every song is half me well or or between half and whatever yeah um, but it's some of me and it's basically like a collab ep yeah. between me and everyone i work with but it, but I think like I said, sonically, you like it's not being connected by a genre. It's being connected by yeah. your vision, for sure. The ways that you collaborate. Yeah. Like yeah. I you said, can, even, you can't help but sound like yourself. You can't exactly. help. But, yeah, that's the coolest thing ever, though. Because when I talk to my friends and I'm like, I don't know if this is a good idea. Like especially for my first EP, I'm like, all the songs sound different from each other. One's super happy, one's super dark, one's super beachy, and super acoustic. And they're like, when I listen to it, it all sounds like you. It sounds yeah. like it's coming yes. from you. Genre-wise, it's like little, like plays into it a little bit less, like sonically, sure, whatever. The drums are electronic in this one; yeah. they're not in the other one. But like, they're like, it sounds like it's coming out of you. That's the coolest part, and I've always remembered that. When we started, we were an electronic group, and as we've evolved, it's moved towards pop, and now a yeah. little bit even like folk elements and stuff like that. But yeah, like the unifying factor is you know that we wrote it, you know we. Oh, for it, sure, you know? that's that's the thing with me too. So I would just want to put out whatever I think is cool, and even on the upcoming music and the past music, they're all so different from each other. But I'm such a big fan of all of them. I, like I remember one time someone said to us a sort of a criticism that they don't know what to expect from a Sleeping Lion release, which I think there's right. there's there's a toothful criticism there to be said of about course. running an artist project and 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 delivering on something that people want to hear. But I also right. think that there's there's also a power in that. I think there's especially increasingly in today's market, like there's something really beautiful about just like and our sound has gotten more consistent. As, but, as, but a, as a factor of becoming more mature, but I think there's also something has been punished. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. True. You know, like an artist puts out a record and they're like, well, it's just like their last record. Yeah. It's like, I think you'll get punished either way, dude. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you might do. as well make what you want to make. I think you have a responsibility to like be yourself. Yeah. And continue vibing along your path. Yeah. You have a responsibility, I think, to 
to like yourself, to fuck with what you're making. Yeah. If yeah. anything, you, the, the thing is you don't have a responsibility towards anything else but yourself. Exactly. Like the yeah. second it becomes about anything else but yourself, it yeah. it it suffers. Right. The work suffers. And, and you stuff suffer. When I'm writing too, that it excites me thinking that other people will like it. For sure. And I'm like, oh, but that still is exciting. That's right? a, that's authentic. I'm yeah. still like making shit, and I'm super hyped because I'm like, oh, this shit is super catchy. I think like people will love this, but I'm not like being like people will love this, and I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now you just put out your uh, record Twenty Nine Palms. Um, where oh, yeah. where does the name? Line, it's one of the songs on the record. But where right. where does that uh, come from? And do you have a favorite song on the record? Oh, good question. Twenty Nine Palms is the name of a town outside of Joshua Tree. Oh wow! I used to go to. I used to go camping in because inside of Joshua Tree you need like the camping permit. Yeah. You get a little camp spot, and it's like less fun. It's like <laughs> more rigid camping. So in the town, there's just like a huge, super dry lake bed, which is what you think of like a desert, like in a movie, because there's right. like cracked ground and nothing. So pretty much the entire time I lived in LA, every once in a while I'll go out to 29 Palms, go camping. And that's where I took like the cover art, which was just like a picture of someone's foot up against the night sky. Mm. But it would just take these trips to the desert and go camping and like lay down outside and we'll all look at the stars together. And it just seemed really, a really nice place, really tight, a really good place to get away and put everything into perspective. The whole music thing, the whole, especially because when I'm so close to LA, that place for me is like equivalent to the LA journey right. itself because that's where I've been going to leave LA. I also think it's just cool in general. And I was always like, nobody's gonna know what it is except for me. And like, that's kind of cool. And if they ever get the chance to go, like they can see how pretty it is and how tiny of a little desert town it is. You, 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 the next time you go, there's just like hundreds of people there and you're like, what happens? Like we listen to this podcast. Oh yeah. Yeah. All the shop owners. Are like, All the, yeah. Thanks Ben. Yeah. Business is booming. Talking lion. <laughs> Here's a free coffee. Yeah. yeah. Tur- turns out we're the most listened to podcast in 29. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That'd be sick. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I remember last time I was in Joshua Tree, I went to Pioneer Town and I got like all the town drama on like the 50 people who still live yeah. here. And, like, this, oh like, all the, like, the, vibe, the local dude. political changes in, in this yeah. like, such a tiny town. Yeah. It's like one street and every building is made out of logs. Oh, nice. And there's like, and just like, that's it for like maybe like, 10 blocks. And that's like a town. I love the one dry lake bed. Oh, I thought that there were 15 people who lived there, but one was missing an arm. Oh, because it's 29 arms. Yeah, they're 29 yeah, yeah. arms. That's how it yeah. started. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One dude actually had the hand, but this part was gone. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. That, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last thing I was, I'm curious about, because this is how we met, how did you and Aureli meet? Came oh, on. we met at uh, Spotify hosted a dinner, a Fresh Finds dinner. Oh. They invited a bunch of people who are. I think Jia was at that too, right? She was? Yeah. Yeah. And um, it was fun. I was expecting it to be like, I don't know what to expect. And I was like, mom's lame. Mom's going to leave. You know, I had this whole self-defense thing. Oh, yeah. Like, it's probably going to be industry and it's going to be stupid. They rented out this whole restaurant, invited a bunch of people, I think arbitrarily from Fresh Minds, I think. Spotify, I know that we are not famous enough cubically, but I'd like to think that maybe. Vegetably. Yeah, nice. vegetably. As far as vegetable fame goes, we are crushing it. Like <laughs> yeah, our, we are our nu- cauliflower stocks are so yeah. widespreading. We yeah. are nutritional. Yeah. We have a nice char about us, I think. Yeah. You know? We're the zucchini of the music industry. No, don't yeah. say that. Zucchini is a, a rubbish vegetable. I, 
you that, that opinion is so not yours you <laughs> use the britishism of it yeah <laughs> as our friend's literal <laughs> opinion of it it's a good you, opinion I agree a rubbish with. vegetable yeah rubbish yeah, it's vegetable. all right it's yeah. worth i think the point of vegetables is the variety of vegetables and in general it's not like the you pick the one you need the combination of nutrients i like zucchini (laughs) i like zucchini because it's one of the only vegetables i would only eat grilled like i think that's Mm. that's special like i I would eat eat a raw cauliflower um i would eat a raw cauliflower i eat you know raw carrots or like whatever Mm. i would never have a raw fucking those are the next two i thought of when you said that i was like i I eat them raw sometimes. Yeah. But the difference between them raw and them cooked is insane. It cooked is insane. Cauliflower, cooked carrots. I love I love like a good asparagus. like a, you really got it. I like fried cauliflower. Oh yeah, that's the yeah. best. Yeah. Fried broccoli. Fried broccoli. Amazing. We were on tour and we went to this like a broccoli tempura? Yes, dude. We right, went to yeah. this restaurant called Ecabelli in Baltimore. Okay. And they made it was like sole Asian food. Wow. And they made fried like broccoli like that with cheese oh that's sick and uh some sweet sauce and it was the best shit i've ever had this is this is making me hungry i just realized how hungry i was just just thinking to myself like all the fame uh is it all the fame (laughs) yeah yeah i'm I'm hungry for for my fame vegetables (laughs) ben are you ready for the question round. The question round. Yeah, dude. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, the first the first question is describe the first three videos that pop up on your for you page. Okay. Uh, my friend who's an artist. What's the friend? Haji friend? Gaviota. Haji Gaviota? Yeah. It's great, dude. Make great music. I'll also, yeah. Also, is like works as like a substitute teacher and is, works very hard and, and makes great music. Beautiful. He's uh, the what? TikTok is of him playing a show. He's on stage. It's all dark. Everyone in the crowd is singing the song with him, and they're all waving the the iPhone flashlights. Oh, that's back great. and forth. So, Cute. but we all understand as artists the artist TikTok grind. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I follow all of my artist friends to yeah. support, but uh, not the content I go for. No, I'm, yeah, more, yeah. I'm more in the comedy sketch world of TikTok. Um, my next video is posted by UFC, and it's two fighters arguing and like pushing each other, and one of them is crying. <laughs> and I don't know. Oh, and they're confessing their love for each other. What? So I'm I'm assuming it's more of a comedy thing gotcha. than, than a like maybe like a voice overdub kind of thing. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But it, the dude is saying, let me bang over and over again. And the dude is like, I will let you bang. I, it's clearly the audio that's making it funny. Sure, sure. The third video is entitled Head First Into This Hell Hole of a Cave. Oh, I've seen those. And it's uh, about how to physically dive into a cave to not get stuck. Oh. Oh, shit. And then there's a video of a dude actually crawling body tight through a cave, really stuck with nothing but a GoPro and a flashlight and some elbow pads. I hate that. Ooh, terrifying. I hate that. I don't like that. Spelunking. Nothing you. So, can I tell you a story? Yeah, please. I went spelunking as a kid. Um, in the Was it like this tight? In the Mohunk Mountains, like in New Paltz. Mohunk. And <laughs> it was a boulder field. And so we we like wound up in this cave and I we just I wasn't thinking about 
I wasn't thinking about where we were going until it got, it started to get really cold. Like it was the middle of summer and I could like, and I was wearing a t-shirt and it, I started getting really cold. I started seeing my breath. And then, you know, you pull out your phone to like for a flashlight, you realize that there is no light anymore. Like that without the flashlight, you can't see anything. Mm-hmm. And then you realize there's also like no bars or no service. Mm-hmm. And as we we made our way, like, like we, we wound up in this sort of age, like almost like atrium like room. Like there was space for, I think the four or five of us to stand somewhat comfortably and, and there was space, but it occurred to me after that we, like when, when we were in that room, that the, the only way that we got in there was like a squeeze and like, that freaked me out. Like yeah. at one point we actually shut off our flashlights just to sort of take in like what the yeah. darkness was. And to the point where like I started to like see yeah. colors and stuff yeah. because we were total sensory deprivation. But we we made it out. But as we were pulling out, one of the rocks shifted. Oh, sure. And it didn't move, but it shifted and it occurred to me that like the passage in and out of that atrium was extremely precarious. And we were almost stuck in that room. And it freaked me out so much. I think it freaked all of us out so much that we didn't talk about it. Like, when, once we, like, got back out, we'd, like, it was as if we had never been in yeah, there. Like, yeah, yeah, you forget about it. Yeah, we're, like, we're purpose. not talking about this. Yeah. But it freaked me out so much that, like, one of the first, like, scripts I ever wrote was about somebody getting stuck in, like, a cave. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And like processing that. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah, vis-a-vis like the serenity prayer. Right. That happened to me one time. Um, I was like doing a hike and I wasn't getting stuck, but we were like, we had nothing to do one day and we were on an island in Greece and we were like, let's go to the top of this mountain in the distance. And so we walked feeling like we had like infinite time and we found this trail to the top. And then we we're like, wow, the sun is going down. Let's, like it would be faster if we just climbed down. It looks like an easy climb down. We began climbing down and it began like it was getting steeper and steeper. And then we started it was really getting more and more dangerous, more precarious. And we started finding things like huge cages and big traps and gigantic spiders were wearing shotgun shells on the oh, ground. Shit. And it was just getting in general sketchier and sketchier. And we were running out of water. And then when the sun really started going down, because it, it looked like the bottom was so close the whole time. And we were like, we kept being like, we could just keep going. Like this next part is easy. And it would get steeper and steeper until we were eventually like, wow, we should give up and go back, even though it'll have to be dark. We were so close, but we really couldn't climb down if it got dark and we'll be stuck here. And then so we climbed back up and it was like nighttime by that point. We couldn't find the trail that we found to get down. And there was one road that led to the top of this place. So we just ended up just like, this road has to has to lead somewhere. I think we were 17. And so we were like, let's just follow this road until the ne- until the next place that it goes. And we walked down the road trying to hitchhike for the two cars that passed us that didn't pick us up. I was like, eventually it'll lead to a town. And we walked for like two hours, two and a half hours, and ran into like a town, oh my which is on the other side of the island that we were on, and ended up hopping on a bus. And then it eventually bring us back to where we, the town we were staying in. And oh I remember just like being so relieved and so much so that the bus was so crowded that I had to stand against the door and I kept falling asleep standing up. I'd fall asleep and I would crumple and like wake back up. I've had so many like near miss stories that like if I spend too much time thinking about it, I'm like, oh, this could have been 
really bad. It wasn't dangerous in like at any one moment. No, but like just the, a that, bit. those are the situations that's that go horribly wrong. Well, yeah. that's that's what like to build a fire. Uh, uh, Jack London is about mm. is like it's you know this person who's like more or less competent in the wilderness. Yeah, but like you know he he steps on ice that cracks and he just starts to get a little bit frostbitten. Yeah, and that leads to hypothermia and all this issue yeah like, like like just one mistake one misstep and yeah. it's the whole thing but i was thinking my friend and i were talking we're like if any of us trip and sprain an ankle at this point in the climb we'd be really right be really really bad exactly it was that kind of thing that yeah. was getting close all right next question what is your phone background my my lock screen is me and Aureli. <laughs> Aureli and i and my inside screen is picture i have of this lookout spot that i that my friend showed me when i first moved to la and she was like it's there's no address for this place the only way you can get here is if somebody takes you here and it looks like this it's just like an overlook of the entire city and it's incredibly dark and so you can get a really beautiful silhouetted picture of somebody looking at the lights i love that i love that and i love bringing people there and being like somebody brought me here and i'm bringing you here and there's no, you can like drop a pin, but there's no address for this place. Like mm-hmm. you really have to come here. I love that. To go here, which I think is kind of cool. And so there's nobody ever there. It's like a very beautifully private spot in like a really big city. I love that. That's awesome. Right? I feel like New York kind of lacks some of that. That's what I love about, about LA. Yeah, like the nature component. Yeah, like there's you, some you can space. Kind of lost in weird wilderness out here. Yeah, there's, well, there's definitely a bunch of space, honestly. I grew up in, in DC too, and there's, Way more space in LA than there is in DC. Yeah, definitely. It's a spacious city. It's spread out. Yeah. Uh, next question. Got mountains and shit. <laughs> uh, do you have a non-musical hobby? Oh, uh, many, many. Soccer is a big one. Nice. Yeah. Probably the biggest one over. You still play? Yeah, I try to. Um, that's definitely that's probably the one thing I've done longer than I've done music. Much longer, actually. I started that like ten years before I ever started playing guitar. Yeah. But um. Yeah, and a bunch of other things. I've like since moving to LA, I picked up rock climbing nice. and uh, pickleball. Nice. This feels like very West Coast things. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah just a little bit. Got a pickleball group chat. We love playing pickleball. <laughs> Sick. Um, Super Smash Bros. I don't know if that counts as a hobby. Yeah, no, definitely. That's, it counts. That's everybody's mean? hobby. Um, it depends on what the vibe is. But if I'm trying to win solely to win Pyramithra, I don't know if you guys have the DLC characters. Yeah. Um, but I feel like she's like pretty cheap because she's like too good. <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, I, I waited my entire life, just almost 20 years, you know, for, uh, for Sora. To Me finally, too, to dude. There, I so. bought Sora the day he came out because I was a huge well, Kingdom Well, so I don't Hearts have fan. a Switch. So my brother literally was like, come to New York. When next time you're in New York, yeah. play Sora, I cried. I fully. <laughs> it meant a lot to cried. me. It meant so much to me. I, I yeah. played Kingdom Hearts all growing up. Dude, me too. Have me him too. The game is the best. I was like, this is so sick. And he's like. I play with him, and he's like a little medium. He's medium. He's, but, he's very good. But I mean, very I'm, a, I'm a link main, so it was right at my street. Right, yeah. yeah. I'm usually sword people, too. Yeah. Cloud. I play with Cloud a lot. Oh, yeah. And Sephiroth, both from Final Fantasy VII. Crazy that nice. Sephiroth's in the game, too. I know. Next question. Very important question. Yeah. Momentous question. Would you be a pirate? <laughs> Arr. Uh, it depends. What am I? 
what am I located in the Caribbean? <laughs> the Caribbean. <laughs> the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah, I'd be a pirate. Fuck yeah, I'd be a pirate. I uh, I like boats. This might be a, a a crazy paradigm shift, but I'm reconsidering my answer, Noah. I know. What is your answer? Yeah, because uh, for almost a hundred episodes, I've been or over a hundred episodes, I've been staunchly I would be a pirate, and he's been no, not so much. Uh huh. But after having experienced what it's like to have E. coli eight, <laughs> eight, eight days living on a boat. Right. Like, it's hard, man, being on a boat, navigating, like, moving that much on choppy waters. Uh-huh. Like, And we had relatively, like, still waters. Apparently, it could get choppier, you know? And that was just eight days. I could hardly imagine not touching land for a month or two months and having all my meals, you know? Like, I had all my meals on the boat, but... So I, I think I'm revising my answer that that maybe in the, the classical definition of a pirate, maybe the pirate's life isn't for me. What would I do if I wasn't a pirate? Well, I, I would you'd like to always, always be a musician. I would like to you'd say we always have musicians. Oh, that's, always, that's always my answer. That question. That's a good point. I would like to say that I will revise my answer that I would be a space pirate. Because you wouldn't get nauseous and zero Treasure gravity? Island. Wouldn't get nauseous and zero gravity. <laughs> okay. It'd be fake gravity on my ship. Can I be That's a fair. booty pirate? Nice. I'm just on the conquest for booty. Booty. Yeah. I'm not out here to murder. He's a fart pirate. Unless it's that booty. Nice. You're nice. Nice. Very good. Very yeah, good. thanks. Nice. Uh, That's what I came here for. Another fun question. What right. was your first tattoo? Oh, it was this one I got in Cusco, Peru. It was an airplane. Nice. Ooh. I think as you get more tattoos, they're like, they're each new one is less of a percentage of your total tattoo makeup. But when you have one tattoo, it has to be all encompassing. It's 100% of your tattoo. So it's got to have like, the most meaning. Sure. Yeah. So the airplane, I think it's just has a lot of, means a lot of different things. Um, and I got, it's all black and shaded and it's more of like a symbolic. Like, all my tattoos are just black and they're all just like images that can be symbols. And I like the idea that they can like, in such symbolism can just change meaning. Yeah, I like yeah, to go if you if you need them to change. I, or... I, you have you have a great like almost painted around one of your arms. Right, it's really awesome. Paintbrush. It's it's an Enso circle, but it's three D because those are done on paper. Like what's like, an Enso circle? It's like a calligraphy. Oh, cool. Um, move. Um, and then uh, what is the you have a word on your on your arm as well? Oh yeah. Is that electricity? Oh, it says electricity, yeah. That's really nice. That's the only word tattoo I have. I think I will get. Why electricity? Um, you know, again, a bunch of different reasons. I think it changes for me based on how I'm feeling. But I like it because in, in a lot of those ways, it's very constant through my life. A lot of those meanings hold throughout every situation. Um, more shallowly, it's like a, a song of mine. Oh, nice. That I, <laughs> like my favorite song of mine. That's but it's more, it's not really about the song. It's more about, yeah. The, yeah. it's more about like the, the energy behind it. Yeah, it's just yeah. the whole energy in general. What was the first concert you ever attended? Oh, yeah, dude. I didn't go to a concert until I was like 11, which was was the year before I started playing guitar. Because my parents didn't really listen to music. Didn't really grow up musical at all. Sure. But I, we went to, I think it was Blondie. Nice. At this place called uh, Great Wolf. Great Wolf Lodge? Great Wolf Lodge? Yeah, that sounds right. Sorry, w- Wolf Trap is what it's called. Oh, I'm confusing okay. too. Great Wolf Lodge is like the hotel that has a water park. In it. Yes, yeah. No, it's at Wolf Trap in Virginia. Gotcha. And I was confused and I didn't like, but I didn't know who Bondi was. And, and I was like, this is whatever. And then I started going to the radio, the local rock radio station to me, was put on the festivals every year. 
Um, and I would go to those and those were sick because I liked rock music. Nice. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. All right. Next question. Do you have a scar with a story? I have this scar, which I got from like a wasp sting. Yeah. Oh. When I was in soccer camp. <laughs> That'll do it. Like <laughs> nine or ten. And for some reason, I, I was just like, look at it. And I can't believe a sting has lasted me this permanently. Yeah, I have, I have a spider bite that like it's you can't really see it anymore, but I still feel where it was. Mm-hmm. There's right. still like a little indentation. It's weird that shit just affects you forever. Yeah. Do you uh, do you have a favorite trip that you've been on? Like a favorite yeah. like, location that you've seen? My favorite city I've ever been to is Barcelona. Nice. Favorite trip I've ever been on was the trip to Peru. That was also the longest trip. That was like almost two months. Oh, wow. Um, and it was also the only trip I ever done that was like an organized program gotcha. that you like sign up for and go as opposed to just going more of like a retreat doing kinda... your things. Yeah, sort of. Gotcha. There's this company that they, they they take people across the world and every place they go has a different theme. Oh wow! So they take people to Thailand for like um, animal conservation. They take people to like Nepal to do altitude stuff. And oh wow! There's two trips that go to Peru. One is Peru, like the Amazon, and one is Peru called mind and body which is the one i did and it's more of like uh it's like a meditation program where you learn just like about spiritually what it is like that's awesome human. and we were like hike to the top of mountains and then fucking do yoga in the forest did you see machu picchu like, yeah we hiked to machu picchu we did this trail it's called the salcantai trail and it's like four days wow some shit like crazy number like 50 miles and there's four different base camps you're walking the whole way up, and it's the most amazing shit. You go into the clouds, above the clouds, Whoa, back out of the clouds, into the forest, and four days of just straight walking, and um, do various things along the way. We did one day was zip lining. One day our base camp was like next to a really small town, and we went into the town, and everyone bought like the boxed wine that was there, and we all got way, way too hammered and had the most insanely <laughs> dramatic night. And then it culminates with you hike to wake up at like 3 a.m., hike to Machu Picchu in time to see the sunrise. And we all sit there and we do this fucking meditation thing. And that was like clearly the most centering, yeah, most beautiful thing ever. I was there and I was like, I'll never be the same again. I've learned what it means to be yourself and be a fucking person. And you think you forget it over time. But that kind of shit, big reminder on what being a human is like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Wow. All right. Peru is a beautiful place. Everybody wants to go. Yeah, it's on my list. Hit me up next time. Yeah. <laughs> next question. What are three thoughts you have at this very moment? At this very moment, speaking of mindfulness. <laughs> Booty pirates. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah, I guess spirituality in general. And then the whole Roe versus Wade thing I was thinking about a lot oh, earlier God, today, yeah. too. Since you asked. Yeah. On a lighter note, what are you looking forward to? <laughs> Yo, yeah. Dinner? Hell True. yeah. I'm looking forward to hanging out with my, you know, friends and partner later playing video game. But I guess more, let's go macro. Releasing, I'm like producing and releasing this song, which is next. The one Logicity. I have this tattoo of. Yeah. Hell yeah. But I don't want them to be like, listen to the song and be like, oh, that song is dumb. That tattoo is dumb. Because they're not really that intertwined. When does the song come out? Uh, as soon as I finish it, as soon as I finish it, we'll upload it and do the the process that it goes through. So Amazing. As soon as I finish it, which hopefully is in the next few days, it's so pretty in my personal opinion, subjective opinion. I'm really excited for that. And then I have an, another EP that I think I'm going to have to do contractually, which I'm which is already most mostly done. That's awesome. And I'm really excited to get back to it. I've been on tour 
nonstop and doing shit for I think four months. He literally got back from New York like two days ago. Yes, and I like haven't had time to sleep or eat really, uh, let alone like make music. And uh, I was in a session for the first time the other day, and I was like, forgot how fucking fun this shit was. It's great. I was like, wow, I'm having <laughs> so much fun. I forgot when I was gone, it felt like mentally this was a job, and I was doing that job. But being back here, I was like, this is sick. So I can't wait to sit down in my room and like just. Well, you've got the traveler's mind yeah. of, of, you know, sometimes it's good to leave and sometimes it's great to come back. Like those, yeah. those are my two favorite feelings. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. it, I, you know, I've been on many trips right. and my two favorite parts are the leaving and the coming back. Right. You know, it's um, crazy. I always, I, I, I'm always so excited to go and I go and it's always really hard. And then I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get home. Every time I'm like gone internationally, yeah, I'm always like, like, I want to ah. lie in my bed. I'm like, I miss Chipotle so much. Dude. Right. Yeah. And then I come back and then I'm like, dang. That was, when I say come back, over time, I forget all of the hardships of traveling. All mm-hmm. like the, and then you the romanticize being it. Like, and... Being like, I forget what it's like to be tired, like be deeply tired, right. and like to be hungry. And those things go away. And I just remember all the really tight things. And then I'm like, I want to go again. <laughs> That's how. That's, that's how the process. That's, that's yeah. the that's the that's the traveler's heart, man. Yeah. But Benny, it feels like we've we've hung out for weeks. Like it feels like <laughs> we've known each other for for longer than we have, and it means a lot that you're here. Thank you're you. awesome. We have a million mutual friends, and uh, we're practically neighbors. So let's hang. Let's yeah. play Smash Bros. Thanks for having let's, me. Of course. This is let's, tight. Let's, I don't. Do, I don't think I do this ever. I don't think I hang out and sit down and like talk. It's nice. I mean, that's why, nice. why we do this. Is yeah. like it's very yeah. rare to be able to. Um, I, I find you know just to be able to just talk about life sometimes. No, so cool. You know, just take a moment. Take a moment. So so good to meet you, man. And great let's, to let's, meet uh, you. Let's hang again soon. Absolutely. We would like to thank Isotope for their support of Talking Lion. Thank you for listening and see you next time.